Friends, good to be with you this morning as we look at God's Word together, having a little bit of fun in the uh, in our chat that we do uh, as the song is playing. And uh, for those of you that uh, maybe are listening during the half hour from 6 to 6.30 a.m. Monday through Friday, we are live and we'd love to have you leave your comments, just say good morning. I will tell you that all those that are leaving comments, they have for a few years now, three or, f- three or four years, getting almost close to four years now, uh, have experienced a, a sense of great community together among one another. Uh, just, just even the good morning, a little bit of chat that they do. So if you're listening live, love to have you just say good morning, let people know you're here. 
and uh, it does it does help with a sense of community among brothers and sisters, among brethren and sistren. And uh, so I, I just encourage that. If you're not listening live, uh, whether you're watching this on YouTube, Facebook, or listening to one of the podcast outlets, uh, at least you know what I'm talking about because this this is recorded live. It's recorded raw. There is no editing done. Uh, you get to, you get the real deal. What people are hearing live when you listen in later. We are in Luke chapter nine, and we're going to look at Luke nine one through six this morning, and then we're going to flip over to Luke chapter ten and look at some verses in Luke chapter ten to make a, a comparison between these two sendings that Jesus has done. And then when we get over to Luke chapter 10, we might just bypass that section. But but I want to look at the, sent, the sending that Jesus uh, does in this passage. It's in the passage, so we're going to look at it. We're going to talk it through uh, and talk about some of the confusion that sometimes people have uh, in, uh, you know, are all these things said to all followers of Jesus or are these things said just to this initial group of apostles, the twelve? And I want to talk through that because some people think, well, all everything that he says to them, he's saying to us. Some believe that. Others don't believe that. What do I think? Well, uh, I'm going to show you that today from the text of Scripture and tell you my conclusion on the matter. But let's get into it right now. It says, uh, when Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. Now, the thing I want to note first right out of the gate is who is he talking to? He's talking to the 12. It doesn't say that he's talking to all the followers. It doesn't say that he's talking to the broader number. He is speaking specifically to the 12. So we can uh, gain from the text, we can deduce from the text the fact that he is speaking specifically to a group of people, those whom would be typically regarded as the apostles. That's that's who he's addressing. He called the 12 together. And then it says he gave them uh, power and authority to drive out demons and to cure all diseases. So a, a supernatural empowering that has happened uh, among the 12, it, it, power and authority. Demons and diseases, they're able to deal with such things. Now, here's the question. Do we have the power to drive out demons? Is that something given to, to all believers? I, in that instance, yes, I believe. And I, I believe that we do because of something that John says in his epistle in First John, where it says, greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. Uh, and also uh, many, many other passages I could point to. The fact that we have the Holy Spirit within us, uh, thinking specifically of some verses in John, uh, not John, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 would be an example. Because we have the Holy Spirit, we also have the ability to drive out demons, although... Uh, in some of the other epistles, we are warned, particularly the book of Jude, to not speak harshly and to be mindful of demons if we're speaking to them. 
Uh, there were some the sons of Sceva in the book of Acts. You can find Sceva, S-C-E-V-A, and they wanted to, they didn't know Jesus, but they wanted to use Jesus' name to drive out demons, and it says that they were beaten up, battered, and bloodied by these demons, uh, and uh, because they weren't in Jesus, they were just using his name. We we need to be careful. Demons are powerful. We, we read that... Uh, Yesterday, uh, in the last few days, actually, some of the passages about that demoniac guy in the region of the Gerasenes across from, uh, across the lake from Galilee. Uh, he's the region of Galilee, what would be called the Galilee, and uh, on the other side of the lake. We know the power that demons have, and, and I believe we're all given. Uh, an ability to deal with them because Jesus lives within us. But what about curing diseases? Uh, I I don't think, personally, uh, I don't think he gave that power to everyone. I I don't think we all have that power. Now, I'm going to take us to another passage and show you, and just a comparison that we we have here. I, I think that he gave this power to the 12 for the establishment of the gospel. Now, I'm not saying that, that I believe that I don't believe miracles can happen today. I believe they can. I heard a story just the other day about a person who had a bunch of cancer in them, and, and God miraculously cured that person. Uh, sometimes God opts to work that way. Sometimes God has other plans. But in the instance of the 12, and notice even here, uh, in the text, it is capitalized, the 12, the apostles. He gave them the power to drive out demons and to cure diseases. So that's something that they were given, and I believe, and many of us believe, many scholars, that that was given to them for the establishment of the gospel. I mean, yeah, why should we listen to you? Wait a minute, hold on. You just healed somebody. Okay, we're going to sit up and take notice now because uh, you just cured a disease. You just cured a leper. You just gave a, a blind man his sight. You just caused a, a layman to walk. I, we guess you have something that we need to be hearing. So Jesus, for the substantiation of the gospel, for the substantiation of his message, gave to the 12 the ability to cast, to drive out demons and to cure diseases. Let me put it this way, to cast out demons and cure diseases. So Cast demons, cure diseases. The twelve. What about the rest of us? We'll get to that in a moment. In fact, let me let me take us over to Luke chapter ten because uh, this is another sending out, and it says this. It says after this, the Lord appointed seventy-two others. So there's the twelve and seventy-two others. There are eighty-four. Uh, now we, you could read this that He's just sending out just 72, or he is sending out 72 plus 12, which is 84. But we do know specifically he appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he's about to go. Uh, And he told them, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send workers into his harvest field. And guess what? They were the ones who were sent. He says, go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals. Do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say peace to this house. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. Stay in that house, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. And do not move around from house to house. 
When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. But when you enter a town and are not welcome, go into its streets and say, uh, even the dust of your town that sticks to your feet, we wipe off against you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God is near. I tell you, be more. it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town, the town on which they have to kick uh, off the dust from their feet because they're not welcome. Now, interestingly, I'm just picking up here. He does tell them in verse 9 to heal the sick. But he, in in chapter 9, he specifically tells them that, that he gives them the authority to uh, cast out demons and to uh, cure diseases. Here in chapter 9, it is also indicating, in ver- I'm sorry, in chapter 10, in verse 9, it's indicating, uh, heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. So, from that, maybe we can deduce that uh, the ability uh, to pray, at least, for people who are sick uh, is something that was given to to the 72. I mean, this is one of the issues that those uh, that's debated among uh, scholars and among theologians, among pastors, among denominational leaders, and all this type of thing. Just how much authority and power is given to the everyday believer? Is there a difference between the apostles and the ordinary believer? Uh, we want to point back apostolically to the 12 and, and highlight the 12. But yet here we're reading in chapter 10 about the 84, the, the 72 others on top of the 12. That math is 84. Uh, and they're sent out, and he's also told uh, to heal the sick who are there uh, and and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. I mean, what, what do we believe God for the miraculous? Now, I personally take the, the stance and the position, uh, and there's there's a, a range of positions here, if you will. Um, the, there are some who take the very precise position that these abilities were only given to the 12 apostles. That is, they're very precise on that matter. Uh, and those are the only ones, anybody else that says they can do healing, well, it, is it really from God? Is it really God's powers? And that's that would be their conclusion. Another range on this, the other end of the spectrum, would be that God has given all this power to everyone. Everyone who's a believer in Jesus, who's following Jesus, who's right with Jesus, has this ability uh, and this authority. Now, I, I take kind of a centrist view on this. I think there was a unique apostolic authority given to the 12. Uh, I, I think that it was unique. I think it was for the substantiation of the gospel, to substantiate that, yes, in fact, Jesus is uh, the Messiah, Uh that the word of God is, is being unfolded and revealed uh, and that the message of the gospel, the message of the kingdom is one to be listened to. I do think that the apostles were given a unique power and a unique authority. However, I do think that you and I should be people of faith and pray and ask God to do things. Uh, if we walk right with God and get right with God and, 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 um, are not seeking fanfare and applause and all these things, then perhaps we do have the ability. I mean, why not place your hands on someone and pray for for their healing? 
and, and, and say, God, we're just going to believe you to do this. And if you choose not to do this, then we know you have another plan. But God, we know you're able to do this. And so we pray. I, I, I have a view that, that would say, I think in our day, we should look for God to do the miraculous still in our day. I, I believe we should look to that. But I don't think that we have the same level of authority that the apostles had. Now, my Pentecostal friends, and they're part of our wonderful family here, people whom we deeply love, um, would, would say, no, Jim, we, we think you're wrong. Uh, we're we're going to take the position that uh, we think that it is all for all followers for all time. And, and that's the Pentecostal position uh, on the uh, on the issue of, of healing and, and the miraculous. I believe in miracles. I believe we should be trusting God. I believe we can be asking God for healing. I, I believe we can do all those things, but but not with the same level of authority that the apostles had. That's my personal position on the matter. We'll come back to Luke chapter 10. Uh, when we get there, I'm going to take us back to Luke chapter 9. And I just want to see some things that Jesus said to them as he sent them out. We just dealt with demons and diseases. And uh, as Walter says, we all have the gift of intercession through prayer, and that is exactly right, and we should pray. We put a lot of focus on the demons and the diseases, but I want to put the focus on uh, verse 9. He sent them out to, see the word to here? I'm running my mouse around it. He sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. The preaching is the first part. The healing of the sick is the second part. But nonetheless, they are sent out to do both of those things. The healing of the sick, again, substantiating the, the, the veracity uh, of the message. What does he tell them? He says, take nothing for your journey, no staff. Now, what, what did a staff do? A staff was a, an instrument used for protection. Take the staff. I mean, they weren't shepherds. They were fishermen. Why would they have staffs? Well, staffs were used uh, sometimes with, with the crook of a staff to, to pull a sheep along, but also it was used as a club to to uh, fend off uh, wolves or to fend off uh, wild beasts and animals or to fend off thieves. And so it was a club. He says, don't take a staff. In other words, you don't need to take something else to protect you. I will be your protection. That's why he says, no staff. Then he says, no bag. And this is the idea of, okay, a backpack. And in the backpack, I, you know, when I, when I go hiking, I have a backpack. And in my backpack, I have all kinds of stuff. I mean, I have insect repellent. Uh, I have thermal blankets, that the, those foil blankets in case something would happen, hiking and you're in there, end up there during the night, and it gets cool. Uh, I have, um, I have salt tablets. I have iodine. I have uh, bandages and moleskins, and usually I have some foods. I have uh, ibuprofen. Uh, often, if, especially if it's going to a place like. Katahdin or a place that's a little bit more of a challenging hike, I usually will take along my regular daily meds that I need to take every day. I'll take those along, um, sometimes an extra pair of socks. Uh, you know, there's there's things I'll put in my bag. I want food. 
you know, uh, nuts, uh, trail bars, uh, plenty of water, all of these things that we would take. Jesus says, take nothing for your journey, no staff, that is no weapon, no bag, you don't need to take your backpack, no bread, there's the food, no money, I mean, you don't need to take money up Katahdin, there's nothing to buy up there, your money will do you zero good on top of the hill, zero, um, no money, and he says no extra tunic. I mean, oftentimes, I, and that's the other thing I have. I'll have a, a rain poncho or my raincoat and, uh, with me, and, and things to stay dry if it would happen to rain. He says, don't take anything. Take nothing for the journey. Uh, trust me for your protection. Trust me for your provision. Trust me for my covering. Uh, now, again, they're, they're in... Uh, urban areas, village areas, town areas where they're going. So it isn't like they're away from all that stuff. It isn't like they're out in the desert somewhere. But what he's saying is, trust me for the provision. And then he says to them in verse 4, whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. In other words, set up shop in a place, stay there. Why stay there? I mean, often what would happen is Jesus would get into a house and he would be performing the miracles. He would be performing. He would be testifying about the kingdom of God being here. And people need to re- repent and believe because of the kingdom of God here. And he would stay there and people would come. And that, that was a reason why that they were to enter the house and stay there until they left. So so they could be found. Uh, you know, they're, hey, they're at Bob's house. So everybody would go to Bob's house and the day after that. Or where, where are they at? Well, they're at Bob's house. Let's go to Bob's house. Uh, or, you know, they're at Fran's house. Where are we going to go? We're going to Fran's house. We're going to all line up on the big lawn outside the big house overlooking the bay uh, when Fran is home. Uh, and some Jesus preacher is there and uh, they come to that house and there's healings and there's the message is proclaimed and and God's doing a miraculous thing. And, and a great big revival breaks out on Fran's lawn there on Route 3 and uh, nice big lawn. Can you imagine you, you could have you could have a lot of people on that lawn. Uh, and so there's an example. And I'm using Fran as an example because I love Fran and and. Fran has a great house and a great spot and a big lawn and, uh, uh, you know, uh, to have a big event there. I got saved at a big event on somebody's lawn. Just want you to know that. Uh, they had an outdoor Christian concert, uh, and I went to that concert. There were probably a 1,000 people in, in, in these people's lawn, a lot of people. I, I'm, I'm going to guess. I mean, they, the whole lawn was just covered with people sitting in lawn chairs at this concert, and I gave my life to Christ at that outdoor concert. Thank you, Dan Moose. Uh, thank you, uh, Tom and uh, Marty Briggs. Thank you, Walter and Denise Clark. Thank you, Chip and Linda Price. Uh, thank you, uh, Dave and Rose Ocker and other people that were involved in that event. Because of your work, I came to faith in Christ 43, almost 44 years ago on someone's lawn. There you go. So stay there, and you have the event, you have another event, you keep having events because people keep coming. And friends, these things are happening in places in the world. You go over to India, I mean, these types of things are happening. Uh, you go to some places in the Middle East, these types of things are happening. And the miracles are happening in, in, in stronger fashion in the United States because the, the gospel is being substantiated in Muslim countries. 
So you stay there. Uh, and then it says this, uh, if people do not welcome you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave the town as a testimony against them. So it'd be like if we go into Belfast and say, we're going to proclaim the gospel in unique ways, and yet they turn on us and go, we don't want to hear any of that stuff because we want to be our a rainbow flag loving pride people, and we don't want to hear any of this stuff you've got to say, and they're more than one way, and and they run us out of town. Okay, great. If they don't welcome us, Jesus says that you shake the dust off your feet. You know, you literally take off your sandals, clap them together, and say, okay, um, I, I have nothing to do with you anymore. I won't even carry the dust from your town on my shoes when I leave it. I'm going to even leave the dust behind. That's what Jesus is saying. And there, the fact that he says this indicates the reality that there will be places that we will go into where the gospel will not be received. So that is another aspect of the reality of our being sent. The gospel isn't going to be received every single place that we go. So we shake our dust off the feet as a testimony against them. Then it says this in verse 6, So they went, they set out and went from village to village, preaching the gospel and healing people everywhere. Okay, so who is sent? I mean, what we've done in modern America is, hey, come to our church. Friends, we are sent out from the church. You know, there's this thought that, well, the church is there so we can evangelize people. No, the church buildings that we have are set there so we can worship God together so that believers can be fortified, so that believers can be equipped. I don't even want to say be fed because, friends, you need to be mature enough and you need to take this position with other Christians to say, oh, I'm not getting fed. Well, you need. To, are, are you feeding yourself? Are you reading your own Bible? Are you reading books? Are you listening to podcasts? Are you doing what you can to feed yourself? It is not the pastor's job to feed you. I'm sorry. It's not. Uh, if you think it is, then I would tell him, show up with a great big spoon at your house, sit down with you, and stick the spoon in your mouth for you. You do not need him to do that, do you? Neither do you need to, your pastor or pastors to do that. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't be inspired and encouraged and all those things. I'm not saying that. But the point of the church, the coming together of the church is to worship our God, is to pray together, to be strengthened, to go back out, because we are sent out. Evangelism needs to take place outside the walls of the church. I'm not saying it can't happen inside, but that isn't the primary place. The primary place is out in the world, being sent out. Now, they preach the gospel. Do we need street preachers? Yeah, we, we can do street preachers. We can do this type of podcast preacher. Uh, what are ways in, in, in for your churches to think through, okay, how do we get out into our town? How do we get out into our village? What can we do to take the gospel out into our town? They were sent out to deliver the gospel, to preach the message that the kingdom of God is here. Now, I want to go back just to chapter 10. Uh, I want to highlight something, and we'll come back to this again when we hit chapter 10. Uh, verse 5, when you enter house, first say peace to this house. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. Stay in that house eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Don't move around from house to house. When you enter a house and are welcome, eat what is set before you. He says this twice. Um, a household of peace. That's what I just want to conclude with. That You might say, well, I don't know how to really 
communicate the gospel. You know what? Have a dessert at your house. Say, you know, I, I want you to come hear from somebody and uh, invite me and, and or somebody that you know can speak the gospel and invite your friends and, you know, and invite somebody that could have a discussion. Uh, I would have a discussion. If you had a dessert of, of friends, maybe a mixture of some Christians and some non-Christians, uh, and, and the point is, friends, I'm inviting you to dessert to my house. I've got a friend. I want you to hear what he's got to say. I want you to hear his story. Uh, and the gospel could be shared. The concept of the person of peace that we're looking at in uh, Luke chapter 10 is a concept that church planters and missiologists, missionaries use to this very day. We seek households of peace. And for your home, to think about this, your home to become a home where you begin holding evangelistic Bible studies. We call them discovery Bible studies. You say to people, hey, you might be interested in Christianity. Uh, I'm opening my home and inviting people who may have an interest in Christianity to to search things out, uh, to ask questions, to, to ask questions in a safe place where they're not going to be ridiculed for their questions, where they're not going to be looked down for their questions, but where together we can discover, you know, what is Christianity all about anyway, straight from the Bible? That's a big thing all around the world that we need to get back to here in America. One of the great tools is the Alpha Course. You've heard me talk about that before. And there are other Discovery Bible studies, but these are the types of things we need to see. Luke chapter 10, the sentness, Luke chapter 9, beginning of both chapters, Jesus sent them out. Jesus sends us out. Oh, that we would be used to the Lord to see many, many, many more people come to faith in Christ. Lord, give us the faith. Give us the boldness. Uh, give us the opportunity. Help us to change up our schedules if we need to so that we have time in our schedule to invite people into our home to hear about Jesus. And Lord, some of us maybe to be the ones who are the missionaries, the ones who are the sent ones with the gospel that we're the ones proclaiming it. Lord, use us, we pray. Uh, and Lord, for those in need of the silent prayers today or that have the silent prayer request, the unspoken request, you know their needs, you know their hearts. Lord, would you minister to them and their needs today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, have a great day. We will see you tomorrow.